Welcome to the All In for Citrus podcast, the latest on citrus research from the University of Florida Institute of Food and Agricultural Sciences statewide citrus team in partnership with Southeast Agnet Radio Network. Welcome to another episode of the All In for Citrus podcast, uh, kind of a holiday edition today as everybody's getting ready for the holiday season as it comes up in about a week. Uh, as always, we start with Dr. Michael Rogers, who's going to go over kind of a year in review and then talk about some things coming up including the Florida Grower Citrus Show, which will be the most of this podcast with uh, two people who will be presenting at that show. We'll get to that in just a minute. But first, uh, Dr. Rogers, uh, holidays fast approaching um, and people are going to take some much needed time off, I think, for mental health. Uh, been a little bit of a rough year in 2021. I, I know people were hoping it would be better than how 2020 was, um, but with yields and the continuing um, COVID complications, I think we're just kind of tired and it's been a little tough for the industry. Uh, yes, Taylor, it, it has been a tough year. And as we look back, um, I think, you know, there's a lot of things that were difficult in this past year, but there's a lot of things that I think indicate that we're really um, headed in the right direction as we as we head into 2022. And uh, looking back just a few months ago, we, we jumped back into meeting in person. We had the uh, Florida Citrus Expo in August. That was our one of our first big in-person events that happened in, in the month of August. And um, not everybody was able to be there. I, I wasn't able to be there. If people remember, I actually had COVID that month and, and or that, that week and couldn't be at the show. But but folks actually uh, started getting back together. And and we're seeing a lot more um, events, uh, at least in terms of IFAS, that are starting to happen. And um, so I think that as we go into 2022, we're starting to think, see things come back to a more normal situation. And, um, and, and again, as you mentioned, while yields are down, there are a number of things that I think that we're very optimistic about in terms of the research on HLB going forward and where we're going to be uh, in the future. Yeah, some some wins that we were talking about last year, uh, the meetings being back in person, the uh, Citrus Expo, all of that is is good stuff that happened last year. There's there's a couple others to note that you are hinting at here, and that is um, some of the research that was able to be put out that can be very effective for growers. The big one being the gibrilic acid treatment, correct? Uh, yes, and that, that's one of the things that we highlighted um, just last month at the open house that happened at the CREC in Lake Alfred. Uh, I think that's one of the things that's got me the most excited in terms of, of tools that growers can use in the short term to uh, manage HLB, reverse some of the HLB symptoms in a way that's very effective. It's cost effective. It's a very cheap method to do. Um, it's using tools that we already have available to growers and um, and all all the data we have, uh, and it, it's multiple years worth of data, at least four years worth of data in field trials shows that that this really does work. We've we've developed these use patterns, at least for Valencia orange right now, uh, that work very well. And we're seeing that the, you can actually increase the yields, the tree health, and again, something growers can do right now uh, that is going to keep keep them productive, uh, keep them harvesting fruit. Uh, as we go through some really tough times still ahead. There's a little bit of misinformation out there on this. You and I talked about before we started here today, um, because 
the recommendations you guys are putting out there aren't on the label that's where the confusion is yeah there actually is a little bit of concern or confusion among some growers uh, about the label because um the the recommendations that we've put out right now in terms of how to use the gibberellic acid to reverse the hlb symptoms for valencia orange um this isn't spelled out exactly on the on the gibberellic acid label and actually this is not a pesticide so this is where it becomes um an interesting conversation because Oftentimes, when we think of pesticides, uh, the label's the law. You have to follow the label exactly how it spells it out. And there's there's a lot of use patterns and there's prohibitions on what you can and can't do with a lot of pesticides. And and while the label's still the law for gibberellic acid, there's a lot of gray area or there's a lot of leeway on how you use this. This is a product that is exempt from tolerances. Um, there's no prohibition on how much you can use or when you can use it. And so, and it's a plant growth hormone, so our, our plant growth regulator. So there's a lot of leeway on how you can use it. The label speaks to, um, has some suggestions on how you use the product in terms of if you're trying to reach certain objectives, how you might do that using the product. Um, but it doesn't prevent us from using it how we've recommended now in terms of uh, using gibberellic acid for uh, managing HLB on Valencia orange. So um, there's been some concern in the industry and, and, and at different meetings around the state talking about, well, it felt that this might be an illegal use pattern, and that's definitely not the case. Um, what we've recommended in IFAS, um, it's backed by you know, four years of data, and you can use gibberellic acid right now as we've been recommending growers to do. So I wanted to make sure that was clear to folks that this is a legal use pattern, and we've got the data to back its use. Um, but right now we're only talking about using it for Valencia orange. There are, um, uh, we've not developed recommendations yet for say Hamlin orange, some of the early season crop or some of the fresh fruit varieties. And there's a really good reason for that is because if you, if you don't do it exactly right, you know, you stand the chance of causing problems for your crop. And so that's where we're headed in the coming year. Uh, we're looking at, uh, we've got a number of field trials underway, you know, bo both with um, Hamlin Orange and also some of the fresh fruit varieties, trying to develop use recommended use patterns um, for gibberellic acid to, uh, on those those crops. But um, we're really optimistic about that. Uh, there was a field day just just this past week uh, where growers we had more than 50 growers in attendance that got to go out and in addition to looking at nutrition uh, research that was going on in the field, uh, they were actually able to see the use of gibberellic acid in the field and some of the successes that were happening. And in particular with Hamlin Orange, we're seeing that it really it really can be beneficial in terms of, of managing HLB in Hamlin Orange. So um, there's a lot of optimism going forward. A lot of growers have started using gibberellic acid, we've been told, uh, you know, from those who attended the field day. And so uh, people are seeing the benefit. And we just want to make sure that folks know that it is something they can use now. Um, it does have benefit. And we're going to continue to develop recommendations for, for varieties beyond Valencia, um, which will help our industry going forward. Very good. I, I also think another win that we could see, uh, not only just from last year, but the last several years, is some of the um, variety developments that we're seeing from the breeding team. We just heard on the last two podcasts about some of those varieties and how people are excited about them. And, and you've been able to see firsthand in, in 
in two years where we haven't been able to see this, but you've been able to see this firsthand recently, how the industry reacts to some of these varieties. And I think it's very positive. Uh, yes. And there's a number of, of new varieties in the pipeline that will be released um, soon and in years to come. We've, we've had a number of fresh uh, fruit display days uh, here at the CREC um, and, and one this week as well. And so we're really excited about all the hard work, the decades of work, really, that's gone in from our plant breeders. And, and not to mention the fact that um, we've got a new person joining the team uh, just next month. We've, we've been talking about previously Dr. John Chater will be joining the team in January to help carry out some of the field evaluations of some of these new varieties that are in the pipeline. So we're excited to welcome him in January. Um, some of the folks uh, who attended our field day last month uh, got to uh, meet Dr. Chater. He came in from California just for that event. And so some people have already met him, but if you haven't had a chance to meet him, uh, I'm sure he will be at the uh, upcoming events we have in January, in particular the Florida Citrus Show. So that'll be a chance for folks to get to meet him in person as well. Yeah, you mentioned it right there. Um, a lot of these events where the growers have been able to see some of the fruit on the table and get eyes on it and taste it. Um, that is exciting. And after the holiday season, we're going to get right back into it. You mentioned it, the Florida uh, Grower Citrus Show. That's a big show for you guys. Uh, yes. And the folks have really stepped up on the East Coast. Uh, normally, uh, Dr. Johnny Ferrarezzi has been the one uh, organizing that. And uh, he left IFAS recently. But the folks over there, uh, Dr. Uh, Mark Reitenauer and uh, working with the Indian River Citrus League and others have, have uh, continued to keep that the, the planning going forward for that program. They've got a good program lined up. We'll hear more about that. And uh, again, that's, that's going to be a big event on the East Coast coming up in January. And um, especially for the growers over in that region, we, we, we hope everybody will come out to that, that event and uh, hear the latest that, that they've got lined up for them. Mark Reitenauer and Sandra Guzman are standing by to talk more about that event. But as always, Dr. Rogers, we appreciate the update and the time and uh, hope you have a good holiday. All right. I wish everybody a happy holidays and a, a good new year as we begin 2022. So we're talking about another upcoming show in January, January 26th and 27th of 2022, the Florida Grower Citrus Show. And I have two representatives from UF IFAS to talk about what's going on at the show. And first is Mark Reitenauer. We're going to get into a little bit of details because I, I believe the show's doing something a little bit different this year. Um, but Mark, you're a post-harvest physiology and management uh, professor. Uh, Mark, let's talk a little bit about what the show is doing this year because they're going to try to do things a little different. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, that's correct. So um, the show is all about trying to get information um, out to the growers and, and make best use of their time. And so we are um, kind of splitting things up. Florida Grower is taking and managing basically half the program. <clears throat> but what they're doing is they're focusing more on the uh, grower panel. So they're developing more grower panels, uh, question and answers, time for the growers to be able to discuss different issues. And we're interspersing that with the normal IFAS programs and presentations that aren't just from IFAS, but they also have USDA and other people that are, are presenting it. We're bringing in experts wherever they are needed. And um, we're also shortening the presentations down to 10 minutes. So uh, each uh, IFAS, uh, each um, academic presentation is going to be shortened down. We're trying to really try to, to summarize the take-home messages of what has been found out, the most recent information for each of these topics. 
Very interesting. It's not usually a lot of really good information at this show. Um, we also have with us Sandra Guzman. Sandra, the we've talked to you before about some of the irrigation work that you're looking at. You have two talks uh, during these days, and we'll get into more of the agenda here in a minute. One of your talks uh, seems very interesting about some of the, the yields you guys are uh, looking at with ground cover in citrus production. Is that correct? Uh, yes. So uh, this year, uh, during the second day, uh, our lab, our team is going to present uh, the results uh, with harvest and uh, yield data that we collect from our uh, ground cover experiment. So in that experiment, we are evaluating the efficiency of ground covers and uh, soil moisture sensor based irrigation um, to first uh, save water. Uh, yeah, for irrigation, and second, identify if the yield uh, production of uh, lemons uh, gets better, increases, uh, or, or not. So um, um, I'm going to save a little bit of the results uh, for the citrus show for sure, so make sure uh, you attend uh, to the meeting uh, because uh, the results are very promising, and uh, definitely uh, this could be um, the ground covers could be something that can be uh, easily implemented into the field. Yeah, Sandra, this is a preview. Don't give away all the information. So very good to know. I know we've talked about that in the past. So glad to see that we have some results on that. Let's go back to day one, Mark. Um, kind of recap what's going on on day one as far as some of the education that's available. Yeah, so I mean, the day is going to start off. Um, of course, we've got the, the, the exhibitors. And so that's a big part of the show and bringing people out to be able to see what the different products that they've got um, offering. Um, but we're going to, in terms of the show, we're going to start off uh, Florida Citrus Growers is organizing this session, though, with uh, Dr. Scott Angle. So our vice president of CALS and IFAS is going to give an introduction and presentation there. So it's going to be nice to have here. Uh, also, they're going to have a presentation on FFAA supply chain and also Citrus Marketing Outlook. So it's kind of a, a marketing big picture um, where we stand with the industry there. And then for the IFAS program, we're going to have a lot of uh, you know, market economic program updates, um, what's going on. Um, Dr. Singerman is going to talk about some of the economics of the rootstock performances. We're going to have an update on some work that's the collaborative work between the Indian River Citrus League, the Florida Department of Citrus, and IFAS, where we've got different rootstock scion combinations planted out at different growers and how they're performing. Um, I'm going to talk about maximum residue tolerances, uh, especially for our Korean market, because there's a bunch of different residue tolerances for uh, many of our pesticides that are going to expire at the end of December, so this month. So um, I want to get that word out so people know um, and are aware. So if they're trying to send their fruit to Korea, knowing what things they, they might be, uh, need to be cautious about and what things out in the field. Um, I'll be updating my website so that we'll have the most recent information to see if any of those things that are expiring, actually they are able to institute an import tolerance. But anyway, we're, we're going to finish up that morning session with some entomology and some, again, some of that uh, Sandra's phosphorus science research. In the afternoon, we're going to have an update from CRDF with Rick Dantzler. And then in all afternoon is going to be rootstocks and scions. Um, updates from USDA, IFAS, um, uh, Ute from, uh, from the Mockley area. She's going to give updates on 
on rootstocks as well. Uh, Peter Chairs is also going to talk about um, some of the new varieties development corporation and some of their um, releases and where they stand. And then we're going to have here at the center, we've got a millennium block with a bunch of scion rootstock combinations as well. And we're going to get an update, kind of an early look at what may be looking good and what may not. Yeah, we're getting some good reviews on some of that those new varieties that are being developed in the last couple of months. We've talked to the breeder, the UF IFAS breeders, about some of that coming out. Mark, your topic seems very timely. Um, I think growers often don't see the end chain there and those mrls can be a cause a real um pile up of product yeah um once in a while not very often or actually our industry is, is quite good at, at keeping tabs of of what these mrl changes are because it is is so critical but once in a while we've had a, a product that was applied say six months before harvest and then one of our export markets changes lowers the mrl and then we have an arrival and we get uh, rejection, um, because that's that's something that they'll just outright reject. Uh, but it's very rare. It's very rare. Um, so that's a good thing, because we want to keep a, a very good reputation with our, our uh, buyers in different markets. Very good. Sandra, let's go back to day two. Uh, talk about some of the education um, other than your talk. Let's talk about some of the education that's available on day two. And then I believe you have a second talk that we'll get into. But let's start with the agenda look for day two. Yeah, sure. Uh, so during the morning session of uh, day two, we will have a summary of uh, our IFAS work in terms of nutrition, soil, plant, and root health. Uh, mostly focus on fresh fruit uh, for uh, grapefruit, but uh, there are some updates uh, also from Central and Southwest Florida. So we have uh, updates in terms of uh, the um, the latest updates in terms of oak mulch uh, at the research uh, part and also at the commercial part. Uh, we have uh, some work with Dr. David Karian-Pakeni on the subflow uh, analysis, uh, preliminary results, and also um, the effects of micronutrients on grapefruit trees by Dr. Uh, Rossi here at the Indian River Research and Education Center. Um, during uh, during the meet uh, of the day, we will have also a panel uh, focus uh, on um, water and cost share collaborations uh, with um, um, Chris Petit uh, from FDAX, uh, a craft uh, grower panel, which uh, is going to be very interested um, in and, uh, a panel on fruit drop. Um, and subflow analysis. So all of this session uh, in the middle of the day is, is going to be uh, mostly growers uh, panel. So we will hear all the all the comments, uh, all the experiences from the growers, and it's going to be very dynamic. Um, during the afternoon, we will come back to the educational sessions, and uh, we will have a uh, um, updates in terms of the gibberellic acid uh, reports uh, that we are uh, getting this year. Also, um, advances in therapeutics uh, in terms of uh, citrus greening disease um, and uh, a really interesting talk about how gestalt theory can solve HLB. Uh, updates on the precision agriculture work that we are doing for citrus production. Um, 
and uh, for sure uh, updates in the cups, in the citrus under protective covers, updates uh, for uh, the Indian River area and central uh, Florida. Sounds like two action-packed days of information. All sounds very good. Now, Sandra, you have a second talk, but it's more of an announcement um, about the Sustainability Center. Is that correct? Yes, yes. So uh, we are very happy to uh, our lab is part of a recently funded uh, National Science Foundation Center uh, of Excellence, where the name is Science and Technology for Phosphorus Sustainability. Uh, in this center, we are more than 10 universities and University of Florida, uh, my lab and uh, Dr. Django Bada at uh, the Everglades uh, Research Center are uh, part of the team. And we are, um, our team is basically evaluating and trying to generate new uh, knowledge and new technologies for phosphorus management. So um, phosphorus is a resource that is not sustainable and uh, we need uh, for sure to uh, find uh, solutions uh, to facilitate um, uh, the reduction in human de dependence of uh, phosphates, basically, for fertilizers, for crop production, uh, for food production, uh, but also um, um, generate new knowledge and generate new research in, term in terms of um, runoff and environmental impacts of phosphorus. So uh, I'm very happy to be part of this team and definitely uh, the growers' input and the input from many stakeholders is what we are looking over here. Uh, we are trying to do convergence science to move on this big problem of phosphorus and, of course, to have uh, solutions for the future. Awesome. I know growers are interested in hearing more about that. Uh, Mark, uh, to close out here, it's kind of nice. We've been able to start doing um, events again and start getting out in public again. Uh, having this conference back, uh, it's just it's a big plus for the industry, not only for the amount of information that's available, but also morale and to see that things are still going on. I mean, UFIFAS worked the whole time during the last two years and and that information is still coming out. Yeah, the the uh, in-person networking you just can't replace it. Um, you know, there's there's some advantages to distance delivery. Um, you can record it and go back to it, but there's nothing like networking and one-to-one -one interaction, uh, communication, um, bantering back and forth. All these things you just can't replace. So having the meetings in person is really a, a, a plus this year. It was last year as well, um, and that was nice nice as well but but it's really tough when you try to do something like this virtually very good again this is all this information can be found at the florida grower citrus show at citrusshow.com and it is again january 26th and 27th of 2022 mark your calendars and go register to attend this wonderful show with a lot of information uh, we are excited about this coming up uh, again we want to thank dr mark reitenauer post harvest technology professor and assistant professor of irrigation hydrology and best management practices dr sandra guzman thank you for your time guys thank you very much Pleasure. thank you um, we will see you next year during the citrus show thanks for listening to this month's all in for citrus podcast from the university of florida institute of food and agricultural sciences statewide citrus team in partnership with southeast agnet radio network